Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. What up? All right. We'll get we'll get right into it. Again, I apologize. I'm recording without my equipment, so I hope the audio isn't the worst for you. We'll give you a better listening experience next time. But for now, hopefully the content overrides all of that. Yep. Um, wanted to talk about this because I posted this on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and it got a lot of traction and I'm interested in this because I feel like I sometimes come off like this. This is a little bit of a sensitivity of mine. And I feel like there are other women in our ecosystem who probably experience this as well. And maybe you're listening to this because it's interesting when I actually post this, there was a lot of gals in the comments saying, you know, I feel like I come off this way too. I feel like I intimidate people. So anyway, the post says, If you're a woman who advocates for women being confident, competent, and owning their power, resist the temptation to feel threatened or to talk shit when you actually see one embodying those things. And, you know, the whole point of the post was like, look, we all do this, right? So as much as you are a woman who's confident, you're independent, whatever, sometimes we do see someone who is kind of unapologetically powerful, right? They're just, they're confident. They, and I don't mean confident in like a, um, cause I think sometimes people can come off kind of confident slash self-righteous as like a, and that's not, to me, that's not true confidence. I think true confidence is actually fairly quiet. They're fairly like, you know, they're reserved, they're self-possessed, they're, you know, they have poise. They're not necessarily trying to prove that they're confident. They just let their, the way they act in the world, the way they show up in the world, exude a level of confidence. And I think for all of us, including myself, when we see something like this, sometimes we do get a, we get a hit, right? We get this, I don't want to say a trigger, but we do sort of get a hit that like, we don't like it on some level. We're like, and as, and it's hard because I, you know, I, I, I consider myself a feminist. I'm not going around like wearing a feminist t-shirt, but I do consider myself a feminist. And so there is some cognitive dissonance, even for me, when I see someone like that. And I'm like, and not that like that, like sort of fake insecure, um, you know, confidence It's more like when you see someone like truly embodying their competency and speaking with authority or, and not needing, affirmation and not needing other people to like them and not needing, and it's real. There's something about that that makes us feel some kind of way. I don't want to say like necessarily threatened, but definitely makes us feel sort of some kind of way, like where we want to, we want to shut it down a little bit. Or we want to just remind her that she's not the shit or she's not that good. Or like, Hey, like you're getting too big for your britches or like there's, and they even call this like tall poppy syndrome. And, um, and this is why when I work with a lot of clients who are starting their online business, they feel like even posting on social media makes them braggadocious. They're like worried that people in their life are judging them for thinking, Oh, who does she think she is? She thinks she's like an influencer now. Right. We've all done that if we see someone who were like, ah, they're not that great or like whatever. And, and I was telling Danny this, not even way before this post, like a couple months ago, we you and I were on a walk and I was like, 
I know I come off this way sometimes to people and I don't, and I know on, for some people it can be off-putting and I was sort of confused as to why that is. And then when I turned it around to like, yeah, Jill, you do that too sometimes it's a, it's cognitive dissonance. Cause here I am literally saying like, I want people to be confident and confident women need to own their power and whatever. And then like, I get a hit when I see someone like actually doing that, not all the time, but every once in a while. And I'm like, who's this fucking shit? You know, you just get that feeling. And so I was telling Danny, I was like, you're my best friend. <laughs> you can be honest with me. Do you think that I'm missing something here? Is there something that I'm doing that is off putting and I can't see that because the way I, I feel like I act is very like, you just, I feel like I am authentic. I do feel like my confidence is real confidence. Um, and I am someone who is competent as well. And I'm strong, but I don't know, like, and I was, am I missing something here? Am I missing like an empathy thing? Am I missing like a piece of warmth? Maybe am I missing like a, a, um, what's the word? Not I guess a humility or a self-deprecation or something like that, that might. And if I am, do I even want to do that, you know, and what that, what would that look like in an authentic way? So, and Danny was like, no, I just think some people, of course, she's my best friend. She's like, I think some people are just going to be intimidated or whatever, but you know, it, it is a sensitivity of mine. I wanted to post that because it really did resonate with quite a few people as well as myself. I've been on both sides. Yeah. I think that ultimately we, you know, we know this, we can't control how other people receive us and how they react to us as humans and who we are. So, and we can't control perception as much as we want to. And the people pleasing, that's kind of what that's all about, right? It's trying to control how people see us and how they view us and how they uh, interact with us. And the truth is we just can't control that. But there are probably people who are more confident just showing up who get that a little bit more because for whatever reason, and I don't, like you said, I don't know if the word is threatened, but maybe it is a bit of a, uh, it, it's almost like a bit of a mirror, like who, who is she? And it's when you say, who is she? It's kind of back to you. Like, who, who am do you I? Think, who do, who why, does she think she is? is? Yeah. And then who do like, I think why, I am? Why am I not that? Why can she be this? Cause there, you know, I remember back and this is the body image stuff. I remember going to the beach and seeing women with cellulite and in my brain, like people who shouldn't be in a bikini, wearing a bikini confidently and not caring. And here I am, for those of you who didn't fat. see Danny put quotes around shouldn't yeah. because she, yeah. she's like, anyone can wear a bikini, but yeah. people who quote like at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It, my yeah, finger quotes here who shouldn't be wearing a bikini. And here I am 10, 13% body fat, like wanting to put on shorts or put a sarong on or hide because I don't feel like I'm perfect enough to be out there. And I remember having, again, the cognitive dissonance of how can they be so confident? Like, how dare they? But then also thinking, why can't I? I wish I could be that confident. And I know I even look maybe quote better than them objectively or something, but I couldn't do it. And so I had this weird like jealousy and also like judgment towards it. And it was very weird. And I think it maybe does come down to this cultural upbringing society of how things should be and then we're like wait a minute but that's not how it is so I feel like and I feel like this came from my mom and her judgment of body and I remember we'd go out and she'd say things like women shouldn't wear that someone yeah. her age shouldn't wear that Th those kind of comments right. I heard growing up I remember like leggings 
we don't really wear leggings and yoga pants, right? For a long time. And then mm-hmm. it kind of came around, I don't know when, maybe the 2000s, I remember about women shouldn't wear those tight kind of pants. So I hear this and this became part of my internal dialogue and programming that I didn't realize and my subconscious. So thinking women shouldn't wear certain things if they look a certain way. And so I start to grow up into an adult and I still have this programming of women shouldn't wear certain things if they look a certain way. And yet I'm seeing them doing it and they are, and they're fine. And they're walking around without any care in the world. And I'm having this own internal judgment on how I look. And it's just this. And I think that really the answer is it's a cognitive dissonance and it probably comes from conditioning early on about how women should be, how we should show up. And then somehow we see women not doing that and they're fine and they're okay. And we're like, wait a second, this doesn't work. But I strongly remember being simultaneously. And I hate to say that I was grossed out, but I did like, I was very, I had a super hardcore body image issues and I was, you were also, you were judgmental because you judged yourself probably most harshly of of anybody. I was, I did not like cellulite. I remember thinking I would not go out if I had cellulite, I would not wear shorts for the majority of my life because I thought if I crossed my legs, you'd see the cellulite. Like there was so much deep, deep, deep self-hatred that it turned to other people. Like, how dare they do like, how could they, if I can't. And so it was the self-judgment judging outside, but also going, how are they doing that? I want to know. I wish I had that freedom. And we Mm -hmm. talked about a couple episodes Mm -hmm. back about this mental freedom. Mm -hmm. There is so much mental freedom to not give a fuck. And so there was this internal battle of how dare they, but also why can't I feel that way? Why am I not free enough to not think about constantly how my body looks in a bikini or in a whatever. And so I think it goes the same thing with confidence is there's got to be some internal, um, like we could talk about internalized misogyny, internalized self-hatred, internalized, whatever, uh, self-deprecation. And then we see someone not doing that. And I think there's a piece of us that's like, I wish I could do that. And so instead of, instead of like dealing with why I wish I could do that, I could just like push into like, ew, look at them. Like that's gross. And it's easier to judge than to look internally and go like, why, why can't I feel that way? And I think when I got to a little bit older and started dealing with my own body stuff, that's when it started, it did start to come back to me instead of pointing and be like judging everyone at the beach for what they were doing. I started looking at myself going, why can't I be comfortable? Like they are, this doesn't make, I want to be, I want to have that freedom to not be constantly worried about if I'm sitting, is there a roll? Or if I cross my legs, is, can you see a dimple? Like who gives a shit? Well, I was going to say, when you stop judging yourself, you also stop judging a lot of other people yes. too. And, you know, yes. it's really like, once you really stop, like this, just decide that you're not available for like guilt and shame and like self-hatred when you're like, okay, you really do stop judging others too. To me, they're so intertwined. And I really love that you said about the sort of internalized misogyny and or patriarchy and or sort of these masculine and feminine roles, because we think about this, this is maybe what, as you were talking, I was thinking about this, maybe this is some of what it is. We tend to think about these traditionally quote unquote masculine energies are things like confidence, Confidence. competence, steadfastness, poise, like, you know, grounded, whatever, like, again, whether or not these aren't necessarily for men, right? Every, we we did a whole episode on this, like women can have masculine qualities and obviously men have feminine qualities, whatever. It doesn't mean they're gay or straight or whatever, but I think maybe that's where sometimes the mismatches or the misconception, you see a woman who you think should be 
I don't know, more self-deprecating or more emotional or more like weepy or more sensitive or more whatever. And then you see like someone who's very confident and they, you know, and then you'll call them like an ice queen or like, you know, you just go to those places where you get labeled an ice queen, or it's funny, we were actually talking about this episode before we turned the mic on and we were talking, Danny was like, maybe it's the Enneagram eight in you, (laughs) which, (laughs) you know, it's, and so, you know, I am an Enneagram eight, I guess, if you want to sort of categorize it, but even like a lot of those are like, don't show them, doesn't feel comfortable showing emotion. And I like, I show emotion quite a bit. So it's like, even that kind of stuff. Yes. I think it's a convenient little categorization, but there's always going to be nuance in some of this stuff. But I think when we see a woman who's embodying potentially maybe these more masculine, traditionally more masculine qualities, it's like, it's off-putting. They should be more weepy or sensitive. I'm a cancer. And whenever someone asks me my sign, because I live in Los Angeles, so everyone fucking asks you your sign. And I'm like, I'm a cancer, which if you guys don't know, cancers are known to be like moody and sensitive and weepy and really like, and they're like, wow, really? You don't seem at all like cancer. I'm like, yeah, because it's fucking made up. But okay. Like my personal <laughs> opinion, I have like, they're like, they just want to, I mean, then we all do this, right? We all want to, we all want to understand somebody. We all, Shantae and I talk about this a lot. Like her big thing is congruency. She needs, it needs to make sense for her, right? So when we see someone who is a woman and they have a confidence about them, that is not false. It's real confidence. There's a disconnect. It's like, wait, what? And I hate this because it's a double standard, right? We see dudes all the fucking time who who probably should not be as confident and as competent as they are. And it's obviously a generalization, but we, we do see dudes who are probably like way more ignorant, delusional than they probably like should be about certain things. And we're like, oh yeah, like we just take their word for it. But when we see a woman who's embodying a confidence about her and a, a competency about her and a conviction and like we, it, we say like, oh, she's an ice queen or, oh, she's afraid to share her emotions or, oh, she's like a dude or, oh, she, you know, and I'm not saying that we don't do that sometimes too. I'm sort of calling myself out as well. We have a a gal who's like sort of in our space and Danny and I kind of talk about her a lot because she is really confident and she's really knowledgeable and she's really smart and has a lot of expertise. But sometimes she talks about something that I'm like, like, you just feel like, like you have this trigger of like, but do you even like, are you even an expert in that? That is what it is for me. Right. But then why am I even Mm -hmm. double checking? Cause there's dudes all over the, all over the country talking about shit. They don't have an expertise in and we just accept that. You know, so I have to check myself in some of these situations where I'm like, shouldn't she be talking about that? And then like, why am I the judge and jury? You know, it's like fucking they can talk about whatever they want. And so it is interesting to kind of look at it from both lenses to where like we feel threatened or we feel sensitive about someone else's being in their power. But then I feel like sometimes I get that as well. And then I'm struggling to know like why that is. And if and if it is true, then do I want to change something? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. I remember reading your post and I felt called out. I was like, Ooh, I've done this to women before. And totally. you know, it's, it is one of those, like, I don't know what that's about. Is it insecurity? And I know, you know, something that we've talked about in the podcast and you've really mentioned a lot is like when you're feeling insecure or when you're not feeling in your power, like do something for you, <laughs> like do something. And the more you do that, you don't have any time to bring down anyone else. So I guess that's one of the things that it comes down to is if we're sitting there looking at another woman and bringing down her confidence or talking shit, or it's like, maybe we just need to get excited about our own shit. Right. If you're like, who does she think she is? Right. Maybe you should be asking who I think I fucking am. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) get excited about your own stuff and then we don't have time but it is you know I guess it's just a human trait it's a human I mean I guess that's why we like um what are the tv shows where you watch people's lives why am I like reality television show yeah reality like maybe that's like we like reality shows that's why we like Jerry Springer that's like why we like things so we can feel better about ourselves but usually those people are doing less than us so we feel better but it's like why do we also do it when people are doing more than us I think it's come it's like that crab in the bucket thing where a crab starts coming out and you want to pull them down it's like we all want to stay at the same level so somebody's going too much we want to pull them down and then we also want to make sure we feel better about other people so I, I think there's just a human innate desire to just somehow want to make yourself feel better yeah but it's also yep. like let's be women who support each other and I know I could be better that's for sure totally and, yeah <laughs> well, I was going to say like, and that's probably why that's me- mainly why I posted that. Cause I was like, I'm sure so many of us do this. And that's kind of what I said was like, we say we're for women being in their power, but then like, why do we like low key have that knee jerk reaction to be like, Ooh, like who does she think she is? You know? And we all kind of do that. And, and this is a real big obstacle for those who are starting to really become more confident. I work with a lot of clients who come online, they they're starting to start and grow their online business. And they do start becoming more confident as a result of all the reps that they're doing, right? They're sharing value, they're getting people results, they're signing clients, they're having success. And as a result of that, they are starting to become more confident. And they're then potentially going to get those comments where someone is just like, who do you think you are? Like whatever. And then they do start to sort of dim their light and they do start to pull back. And I think that's, that's where I sort of go sometimes when I ask you like, Hey, what is it about me? And should I change anything? I'm like, at the end of the day, I like me. And so I don't know that I even could or would, or would want to do anything different, you know, because this way of being has worked. It doesn't work for everybody, but it has worked for me and for the people that I help. And, you know, I think that's one of the beautiful things about a personal brand. Now we're kind of talking business, but I think that's the beautiful thing about a personal brand is that because you share not only what you know and all that kind of stuff, your expertise, but you show like your personality and you show like your energy and how you show up. And that is either going to attract or repel somebody. And it's a perfect system. We talked about this before where you know, not everyone is going to be on your vibe. There's plenty of coaches out there who have a totally different vibe than you or I, and even you and I have different vibes as coaches. So it's like, there's always going to be that perfect coach out there for you. And I'm definitely, definitely not the coach for everybody. And I think the more we do express ourselves authentically, and I hate that word, but like the more we do kind of show up as us, the more likely we are to attract the right kind of person to work with us, which is sort of what's happened at Jilfit over the last decade is like, Literally all my clients are the bomb. They're, they're fucking amazing. And I'm not saying that because they're like me, but they're here because they're, they know the vibe. So even when I do free courses or the podcast or whatever, like sometimes I feel like, oh, was that too much? Or was that too intense or whatever? I'm like, no, because that's who I am. And that is, you have to be then okay, which is the first thing you said in this episode, which is it's going to attract or repel. And that has to be okay because what's the alternative? Trying to like, change yourself so that, and that's even impossible to change yourself, to appease everybody else, or to make yourself feel less threatening to people. Like you don't, you're not in charge of that. You can, you can be a quote unquote, less threatening version of yourself and you'll still fucking intimidate people. Like, I don't think that, you know, it's all, it's all perception and we're not ever in charge of that, unfortunately. Yeah. I I'm friends with a lot of, I feel like a lot of my best friends are like you. Like I have a lot of um, strong women friends who maybe come off a little bit more intimidating, 
And I know you, and this is one of the things I said is like, I know you in person. I know you're one of the most generous kind people, but people don't see every side of a person. They don't get those interactions. So the interaction they get is not the full person interaction, but it's also not our job to be like, but this is what I do over here. Right, and this right. is how, like, we don't yeah. have to try to justify, justify who we are or like explain away what we're doing over on this side or anything like that. And so you just have to just be who you are and know who you are and just, you know, shrug your shoulders. And hopefully the people who do know you stand up for you if they hear shit, you know, they're like, yeah, but if you knew her, she's really cool or she's great. I think even sometimes being an introvert can come off as people thinking you're too good or you won't talk to them. I've seen that where I've been with friends, um, friends of mine at a party and someone else is like, yeah, your friend is really standoffish. She seems too good for us. I'm like, no, she's just really shy. Like she won't come up to people. So that maybe even being shy comes off as people thinking they're too good. And it's kind of funny because it's not the case at all. They maybe just, it's, it's interesting because there are a lot of really confident women who are also introverted and in social situations, I guess there's an expectation that they're going to be extroverted and come around and talk to everyone and be warm. And yet in the social situations, they're uncomfortable and they're not they, they don't have that confidence in the social er- arena. And so they, people tell a story about them. Like they're too good. They don't want to talk to people. And the truth is they're just not really socially uh, open. <laughs> so yep. Yep. we do make a lot so of stories true. about people and we can't control the stories that they, you know, create. Yeah. And that's the weird thing too, is like, you could literally just be living your life and then all of a sudden you're like, you find out that so-and-so like hates you and you're like, wait, what? I'd like never even think of that person, you know? And I think that again, to your point, I think sometimes that is the issue. People want more. And Jade actually said this to me. He said this to me several times when we were married. He was like, I think because you don't, and he wasn't saying it's a bad thing. He goes, but you're just, you just do what you do. And like, you're just so focused on like, you know, what you're doing, your purpose and like who you're helping and your business and everything else. People want more from you. They want more attention from you. They want more, um, you know, affirmation from you. He's like, for whatever reason, you know, people just want more affirmation from you and you don't give it not because you're mean, but because you're like, you're good. And you assume that everyone else is good too. You're like, you're good. We're good. Like, so yeah, sometimes that surprises me when I hear that so-and-so like has a thing with me or like feel a certain way about me. I'm like, oh, I never even think of that person. Not because mm-hmm. they're not a worthy, great person in life, but I guess I'm just like, why are they thinking of me? Because I'm not thinking of them. Like you're just doing your shit. I'm doing my shit. I wish you the best. No shade, like great. Like we're all, yeah. you know, and so that's what I think. And I, that makes a lot of sense too, is that he's just like, you know, you're just doing your thing and you're focused. And sometimes people that maybe comes off a little bit cold or uncaring or whatever, when really it's just like, they're good, right? I'm good. We're good. And if <laughs> right. I don't hear anything, I'm like, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, too, and in positions of power, kind of one of the last things is when you become more confident and you kind of become a leader and a lot of people are following you there tend to be expectations of who you are and like who we are. So you all are listening and you know a lot about my life and Jill's life. And I don't know about yours and we don't know about yours. So there tends to be, as you grow in leadership, people know more about you, who you are, your family, they know so many things. And sometimes there's a weird thing in our brain, like that we think we're friends and we're connected and we know them because we're the same. Like you maybe know a lot of stories about me and you're like, oh my gosh, Danny and I have so many similarities. We'd be best friends or Jill and I would be best friends. We have so many similarities. I know if we met for coffee or something, we'd hit it off. And then somehow you meet and that interaction doesn't go how you think because 
you know so much about her, she doesn't know about you, or you know so much about me and whatever, or whoever the person is, the quote leader. And it turns into thinking that person is not who they say they are, or they're less warm, but they, there's just a, it's like mm, a one-sided relationship. Yeah. So as leaders, it becomes tricky because people do know you and they do know you, but you don't know the person on the other side. Like the flip side is, I don't know all the people listening to this as intimately as you know me. And so it's, it changes the dynamic of the relationship and the perception of the relationship. I'm so So glad you said that. That's so true. As you grow in leadership, you're going to find those kind of things and you're going to find people misunderstanding you more because they know you. And so they expect that there's like a level of intimacy that you don't actually have. It's a faux level that's been created in their head through the interactions they've had with you. Oh, it's so good. I, that, I'm so glad you brought that up because that I think it, that sort of hits the nail on the head where I think people sometimes are let down by the interaction mm-hmm. and what people don't understand. And I'm not, I wouldn't even put myself in this category, but what people don't understand is, and it's, and of course you, it's not like you're like a victim of this. Like you created this lifestyle, you created your influencership or your leadership or whatever, like on purpose. So you can't really necessarily complain about it, but at any one time I have 50 to hundred DMS all the fucking time, like all the time. And I do my best. And, but sometimes things fall through the cracks and like, I wish that they didn't. And sometimes I forget things. Sometimes I, you know, I would say probably 90 plus percent of the time I respond back to all my DMS, but sometimes things do get missed. And I hate that because I don't want someone to ever feel that their message isn't important or it wasn't read or it wasn't considered or whatever, but sometimes just the sheer amount of things that we're doing where, you know, we have the podcast, we're publishing like twice a week. I publish my other podcast twice a week. We that's four episodes a week. Like it's just a lot. And so, and again, it's not complaining and I'm definitely not going to like put position myself as a victim, but because of the sheer amount of like exchanges I'm having all the time, and I'm sure this is that way for you too. Sometimes things do get missed. And so it's not that your message isn't important or you're not an amazing person or I don't want to get to know you. It's just like, honestly, sometimes I can't handle the volume. I will always have at least 50 to 100 DMs at all times in my DMs. So it's like when you realize that, and I didn't realize that when I was not as busy as I am, and I hate even to use the word busy, not as, um, what's the word, like having a lot of like uh, balls in the air. When I was first getting started, I remember, uh, you know, messaging these fitness models or emailing these fitness models and just asking for advice and just being really excited because I like love their body or I thought they were so cool or whatever, you know, I kind of like read them in the magazines, whatever. I remember emailing and, and really feeling like off put off because they didn't respond. I was like, Oh, they can't even respond to their fans. Like I remember feeling really put off by that. And I'm like, now I totally fucking get it. Now I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that my message wasn't important. It was just literally like they didn't have the bandwidth you know, or whatever. It had nothing to do with me. And so now I'm on the other side of that and I see that more. And so it's just a reminder to you, if you've, you know, if you put someone up on a, and this is also probably a cautionary tale, not to put these people up on pedestals, they're fucking human, all of us. And I think that whatever that, what's that saying that like, that be careful, like never to meet your idol or something like that. Yeah. Because they're human too. And, you know, just because someone has a platform doesn't mean that they're, a superhuman being, right there. They just maybe have a little bit more influence or a little bit more leadership, but yeah, it's, I'm so glad you said that because that is something that I struggle with as well. Yeah. I I thought of it because I'm actually in Dana point right now. And I saw somebody riding by on a bike. I thought it was Brett Johnson. We had Shalene and Brett Johnson on the podcast. I don't know, a couple of years ago. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, what if they're, they're in orange County and I saw them. And then I was going in my head, 
they literally would not remember, even though they were on our podcast and we had a conversation, I'm sure they would have a hard time remembering They're that on a million podcasts. Yeah. And that I know so much about them because they show online and I know what's going on with their, uh, his dad with Alzheimer's. And I was thinking just kind of a really quick, all these things in my head going, oh my gosh, what is, that would be cool to see. And then I was going, they would have no idea who I am and what I'm doing. And so it was just a reminder that we do this. And then if I were to, if, if I did meet them and they were there and that like they were on the bikes, if I were to get excited and then just be bummed that they didn't know what I was doing, like that would kind of be on me to, it's not like Shalene's a bad person or Brett's a bad person and it didn't happen. But if the scenario happened, yeah, they're I, trying to live their life. I can see how someone who maybe just kind of wasn't in the same situation might be like, dang, they don't even pay attention or care. And it's like, that's not the thing. It's just, we can't know every single person. And so I think that sometimes people like you and me can, and just in general, anyone listening who has some leadership can be assumed to be a certain type of way. And you're not, it's just, there's interactions going on in people's heads. There's stories about relationships that are happening that aren't, are in reality. Yeah. They're <laughs> called, they're actually called parasocial relationships. If you guys want to Google it, there's oh. actually some really, really good articles on this phenomenon because we all do it, right. Whether or not, I mean, mm-hmm. we sit here and watch reality television show. I mean, I give a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts, girls got to eat. Like I like to listen to that podcast. I don't listen to it like religiously, but every once in a while I catch an episode and I'm like, Oh my God, me and Ash are the same. Like I even find myself doing that. I'm like, Oh my God, if I lived in New York, we'd be best friends. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, yep. no. But we do, do. we were convinced that we're so, and it's not that we're not similar. It's just that this is a woman who's living in New York city already has a bunch of friends, like doesn't need to have like an internet friend, you know? And I'm sure she's really grateful that I listened to the podcast and that we're giving a little, the podcast, a little shout out on this podcast, but it's like, yeah, what is she going to do? Be like, Oh my God, it's a, it's a fan from LA that like, I'm going to drop everything. And like, we're going to be best friends. Like, yeah. So I think you need to have a little perspective too. And just, and it realize that it's not a better or worse thing. It's just someone has a larger platform than you. They're just on television or they just have a, I don't know, their voice is just, you know, going out to thousands of people. And that's the beauty of a podcast. And that's the beauty of some of these things is that we can feel so close to somebody. And in fact, we probably only listen to podcasts where we feel like we have something in common with the hosts, where we have a same set of ideals or same sort of values or whatever. Otherwise we probably wouldn't listen to it. Um, so I think it is a fine line from going like, okay, yes, I enjoy this podcast too you know, Jill's a bitch if she can't get back to my DM. You know, I think that that's, and we do obviously try as, as well as we can. But with that being said, if you message the best life, we will definitely respond to your DM. Um, yeah, the best life is an easier one. <laughs> yeah, we don't get quite as many in there. We get some. Yeah, but yeah, good conversation. Would love to hear how y'all feel if you're on the side of feeling like you're the intimidating one or you get intimidated easily or if you've worked through and some of both. it, like, like my body stuff and recognizing my own issues around it, my own self-judgment. And hopefully maybe if you're feeling like really judgmental towards others, maybe taking some introspection and, and looking and seeing where that comes from. And, and if you can release some judgment on yourself, maybe that will help you manage the world better. Yeah. So love it. Love the conversation. All right, y'all. We love you so much. Please subscribe. And um, if you haven't left a review yet and you've listened to more than an episode, please do that for us. I would be your best, best friend. And I will respond back to you in my DM. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, that is us for uh, it for us. We will see you on the next episode. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.